Good day and welcome to Follow Spot. Every week we will speak with an alumni of the NYU Tisch Graduate Musical Theatre Writing Program. I'm your host, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. Before we begin, we want to thank the show sponsors, 35th Parallel Productions and Musical Theatre Radio. Today we will be speaking with graduates of Cycle 21, Ariana Rose and Ben Bonima. Ariana, Ben, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Ben, why don't we start with you? Sure, yeah. Uh, first off, thanks so much for having us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I grew up in the Seattle area and moved to New York for grad school. Uh, that's where Ariana and I met, obviously, in Cycle 21. And uh, I was just in the program as a composer, didn't really start writing lyrics until afterwards. Um, and after the program, I had a number of, I would say, interesting survival jobs, including co-check at Sleep No More, which is that strange immersive dance experience off Broadway, which I've now seen dozens of times. Um, uh, the coolest one was probably, I was music assistant to Mark Shaman for three years. So I got to work on Mary Poppins Returns from beginning to end, which was a really incredible experience, including being in London for uh, all of the rehearsal process. And then, yeah, in addition to the show that Ariana and I have written, I have a, a number of other shows out there and have gone to do NAMPS just before COVID, uh, the Festival of New Musicals, which was fun, had a Kennedy Center concert with it. And uh, the, the one professional production I've had was a show called The Apple Boys that was at the Here Art Center in 2018 and got a nice write-up in The New Yorker. So that's me. Very nice. Ariana, what about yourself? Well, sure. I think I was born to write lyrics. I was thinking about it uh, during the uh, when we had dinner with my family all the time. My dad would play a game with us where he would do two lines of something rhyming it. And then I would have to come up with the other two lines. And this was like when I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old. So um, you know, I was such a strange little child. My heroes were Cole Porter. Why everybody else was listening to the music of the 70s. I was totally into musical theater scores. And uh, we were so lucky because we lived in New York and then in New Jersey. Jersey near New York City. So we used to go all the time to see Broadway shows. And I got to see such incredible performers like uh, Chicago is a highlight that stands out to me of the original chorus line. I'm dating myself a little bit here. But, um, you know, I had an incredible education in theater and thanks to my family, I'm grateful. So as I continue growing up in New York, worked as a singing uh, waitress and bartender in a bunch of piano bars in New York City, which will prepare you for anything in life. And I went to the BMI uh, Lehman Engel Musical Theater Writing Workshop as a lyricist. And then, of course, got into the NYU program where I met. Um, now I live in Miami Beach, so I don't know anymore, which is fabulous. And uh, today is my birthday, by the way. So this is a very lucky day, a milestone birthday. I'm not going to say which one, <laughs> but I'm, I'm so happy, at least during a pandemic, to be in the tropics and not have to deal with, with winter and snow. Um, I've been really fortunate the past few years. Uh, I have, I'm now produced in 24 states and seven countries with my plays and my musicals, and I'm published with Applause Books, Smith & Krauss, and Smith Scripts. And last year, I was one of three finalists for the Kiana Award for New Drawing in the UK. And I've had several things happen in, in London and the UK for me. I'm, I'm so happy. Um, and I'm just finishing up a two-year stint in the Miami-Dade County Playwright Development Program with master playwright Kia Corthron. And I moderate a weekly writers group, regional ambassador for the Dramatist America. I teach theater at a college here in South Florida, and I am mother to seven rescued cats. 
Uh, and right now, uh, besides our wonderful musical that we're going to talk about today, I am adapting one of my plays into a musical uh, with Tony-nominated composer Keith Herman and director Clayton Phillips, who is Harold Prince's assistant for about five years. So we're diving into that one. I'm really excited about what's coming up next. Let's talk about your musical, The Lost Girl. What made you want to write this show in the first place? And, and I'd love to hear a little synopsis of it. Well, that's such a great story. And I, you know, Ben, I can so clearly see us in the little office of, of the NYU program when we were discussing what we were going to do for our thesis. This is actually our thesis musical for that program. Yeah. And um, we both found out that we loved Peter Pan story and Neverland. And so we read through the Peter and Wendy book again. And we were both really struck by the chapter where Peter comes back, but Wendy is an adult and how sad it is for both of them that they cannot meet together in that place where they shared that magic and that wonderment. So we wanted to that space in between what happened in those years between Wendy going back for that one spring cleaning where she must have been about 13, 14 years old. And then, um, so we aged them all about 25 years later. And then we found out that it was 1909 England and the suffrage movement was huge then and spreading all over England. So we thought that was the perfect opportunity to marry the global concerns of women's rights with the specific concerns of, uh, concerns of Wendy and her daughter, Jane, as they were navigating the loss of Wendy's husband and Jane's father. And, uh, you know, that it just organically spread from that. Yeah. So we thought, you know, what if we write the story leading up to that final chapter in Peter and Wendy where, where Peter comes back. So we um, so it is an original story, but using these characters that people know, but as adults. And we came up with the idea of like, OK, what if all of them as adults for various reasons have sort of forgotten or repressed the memories of what happened to them in Neverland and uh, if they what if they slowly start to remember so the plot engine kind of concerns John the brother who is concerned that Wendy is telling uh, her daughter Jane the Neverland stories uh, because she believes them to be real John thinks it's irresponsible so he uh, he was made a co-guardian once Wendy's husband passed and he starts to seek full guardianship because he thinks Wendy's being irresponsible. So that's kind of like the plot engine that's moving the tension forward. But the story is really about um, who we want to be moving forward and how our past informs our future and like, you know, really integrating our past into our present selves. Um, and yeah, we thought it was, you know, it's really telling that almost every adaptation of the novel, Peter and Wendy, was retitled Peter Pan. You know, they they leave Wendy out of it. You know, women have, fiction or, or not, have always kind of been swept aside in favor of their male counterparts. So we were really adamant about writing a female-driven piece that, uh, especially with the connection to the suffragette movement. So Wendy really goes from hoping that Peter will come back and fix everything to understanding that she has control over her own destiny. Why don't we listen to one of the songs from the show, The Lost Girl? How about Promise of Tomorrow? I'd love to know where it fits into the show. Well, sure. Um, that's our opening number. And it's fairly new, actually. We wrote it, I think, last year, Ben. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we've been working on this project off and on for several years and rewriting and revising as we had each residency and each a development opportunity. Uh, but we uh, had talked about the fact that we, maybe we wanted to start with the suffragettes and have an open number where we meet everybody. And it's working out really lovely for us. So in this number, you're going to see the, or you're going to hear the suffragettes uh, led by Muriel Matters, the suffrage leader, are marching through the area where Wendy and Jane live. And they're talking about what their... Uh, 
inspiration is and what they want to be doing with their movement. And then you see or you hear Wendy and Jane in the nursery, the Darling Family Nursery that's uh, that Wendy now lives in as an adult. And she's trying to put Jane to bed. And then we also meet downstairs in the same house. We have John and Michael and Toodles all grown up now. They are in Edward's office, who is Wendy's recently deceased husband. And they are just trying to help go through all the papers and get everything organized for Wendy and helping her. So it's a wonderful example of an opening number that's really introducing us to all the characters, laying the foundation for what some of the conflicts are going to be and uh, bringing in new characters as well as these beloved literary characters that we all grew up with. And the connective tissue kind of being the promise of tomorrow, the idea that for the suffragettes, it's it's the right to vote, it's equality. And for Wendy, it's um, the promise of maybe I can move out of this grief space and towards something new and something different. From The Lost Girl, this is the opening number, Promise of Tomorrow on Follow Spot. meeting tonight for all suffragists and allied friends. Now's the time for women to join us. Now's the time for women to join us. Steal away and meet us when day is done. Get the vote for women. There's strength in numbers, power that's next to none. None can stop us if we all mobilize. We rise. I'm afraid my husband will throw me out. to make him the awful things that they shout. We will shout. drown them out with truth. If we don't stand tall, our vision won't come about. It takes an army to realize that the promise of tomorrow is what fuels the fight. The promise of tomorrow is infused with light. Keep the faith that voting will be every woman's right. Jane, it's time for bed. Suffragette, the vote is our battle cry. We can play suffragettes in the morning. You said if I ate all my shepherd's pie, then we could play any game I want. So I want... Oh, very well. The promise of tomorrow beckons you and and me. The promise of tomorrow is equality. Change his tune and shine in joyfully. The promise of tomorrow. These boxes are so disorganized. How can she live like this? It's only been a few months. Give her time. Piles of unpaid bills, unsorted mail. She hasn't made any attempt. Heavens, John, she's in mourning. Sounds like a circus upstairs. People grieve in different ways. She could at least help us. Will you call her down? And where is Toodles with that tea? Mother, look! Isn't that... I think it's Muriel Matters, the suffrage leader. Jane, come away from the window. What? Why? Please, darling. I don't understand. We can play suffragettes in here, but it's much different out there. 
cotton leaf. The kind that people... Mother, are you all right? What? Yes, yes, dear. I... All right, five more minutes. listening to follow spot and we are speaking with ariana and ben the creators of the musical the lost girl it's very interesting that you mix fictional characters with real people from history that was so much fun to do jean paul uh, as i was doing my research and I, I i most of my plays and musicals that i write are based on real characters or something that's happened in the past and i found out while i was researching the suffrage movement that muriel matters uh who is a real person she was an australian actor who uh, was just so charismatic and magnetizing and then she really the women's movement first in Australia and then she emigrated to England to help out there. So she hooked up with Pankhurst family. They were important in the movement there. In our play, we have Muriel Matters and Sylvia Pankhurst. And Muriel, she because she was a show business person, uh, she was very committed to the cause, but she also was very savvy. So one of the things that she did was she actually rented a dirigible and she went up with it to um, pamper, uh, go over the countryside, just letting leaflets go over the side about women's rights and this big rally that she was doing in Hyde Park. She also, with another woman, chained herself to one of the guardrails in Parliament because women weren't allowed to have a voice there. And they actually had to saw away the guardrail to arrest them <laughs> couldn't get them off so she she knew how about razzle dazzle and how to do that um and so she went all over the british countryside in a traveling van sometimes a great danger to themselves to drum up support and let people know what they were fighting for and why they and their allies should stand up so it was wonderful for ben and i to really write this real life character using the real life situations that she was in with our fictional characters and and find that place where they get together and what's also, funny too is, um, sorry, I was just going to say that uh, the actors, like when we do readings, because the character is Australian, but the show is set in England, we've had to go back and forth of like, okay, if we give them a, if we tell them to be an Australian accent, is the audience going to think like, oh, they're doing a really bad British accent, you know, so that's been something to navigate. <laughs> And we do have another another couple of characters in there. Well, they were in there in an earlier draft, but now we just kind of reference them. But it has to do with Michael Darling's arc. So for him, he keeps remembering flying and um, he's very unhappy in his current job as a train conductor and he wants to do something else. So in our research, we found out that the Wright brothers were also in London that very same year in 1909 and they were recruiting for people to join their team. So we thought, how perfect for Michael. Um, so Jane uh, sees the article in the paper and he ends up um, going to work for them so that he can incorporate flying into his life again, but in a real life way to do that. Well, I think this is a good spot to uh, take a listen to another song. Uh, let's listen to John's Memory. Uh, who wants to set that up? And, and where? Yeah. So memory is an important part of the show. Obviously, when we set up that these adults uh, 
Neverland characters don't remember Neverland. And John, being the antagonist of the piece, is the last one to remember. So uh, when it's finally triggered, his memory, that is this sequence. So it's, it's several memories kind of back to back that uh, through lighting, we're tracking John uh, re-experiencing these moments in Neverland. Uh, and it culminates with a moment that we saw earlier in the show, which is the, the day that Peter stopped coming back for them. And uh, John having remembered all this is completely different by the end. This is John's memory from The Lost Girl on Follow Spot. see all of Neverland from up here. Look, Peter, the lagoon. Follow me, Wendy, darling, follow me. I think today may be the day the mermaids want to play. Mermaids. Follow me, Wendy, follow me, Wendy, darling. Adventures calling away. Peter, wait. I've got a plan to fight the pirates We will lead the crew I know what to do Peter, wait, I think I can climb up the tree Peter, wait for me Toodles, is this a house fit for a Wendy? Oh, yes, sir it's missing something. Hey, my hat! Give it back! <laughs> my chimney! Perfect! Wake up now, Wendy, darling. Wake up now! And see the house I built for you. It's big enough for two. Peter? Wake up now, Wendy. Wake up now, Wendy, darling. Adventures knocking. Wahoo! Peter, wait. Let's talk some more about the pirates. We could strategize. Who can smeeze demise? Peter, wait. Please open the door and we'll win. Peter, let me in. Wendy, we spied on the pirates and found out where they keep their treasure chest. Look. It was my idea! Was not. He's right, John. You know it was! We were going on that adventure together! You promised I could lead! Look at me, Wendy, darling! Look at me! Why do you always take his side? I'm telling you, he lied! Maybe he misunderstood! Look at me, Wendy, darling! It's me or Peter! Decide! Peter! Wait for me! He forgot all about you. No, he didn't. This is what happens when you put your trust in someone like that. We can never get back there. Yes, we can. He won't forget about me. He will always let you down. No, he won't. Wendy, stop. I don't believe that we ever flew. That we ever knew. Mr. You-Know-Who. Don't talk about him like that. Wendy, stop. No need to grieve what never was there. You could wait a year and not go anywhere All the same to me, cause I don't care And we are never going to speak of this again uh, Agreed? Agreed?
We are speaking with Ariana and Ben, the creators of The Lost Girl here on Follow Spot. What type of audience do you see for this show? That's such a great question, John Paul. We really see it for everybody, but uh, certainly a family audience. We have really strong women characters in there between the suffragettes, Wendy and Jane. It's very woman focused. Um, we have a young girl as the secondary lead. Jane is about nine years old. And also those who love the mythology of the Peter Pan story and just love mythology. I'm a huge fan of backstories of characters and forward stories of characters, uh, which ours is, uh, you know, of characters we've all grown up with in literary or in movies or television. And uh, it was one of the most fun things to do was writing this musical because we're dealing with these characters that we know very well. And uh, so it's really good for anybody who loves any of those things. It's also a family story. It's about family dynamics. Uh, and one of the things Ben and I really wanted to write about was how does having a fantastical experience as a child affect you as an adult? And how does that affect your relationships with your siblings? So we took what, what was just hints in James Barry's book, Peter and Wendy, about the relationships between the siblings as children. And then we discussed and wrote about what that might have become as they aged and became adults. So it really has something for everybody. You know, you can, it's a show you can take your kids to, but uh, if you're an adult who just wants a, a heartwarming, fantastical narrative, like it's for you too. Well, why don't we listen to one more song from the show, uh, Window Open Wide. Ben, why don't you uh, let us know how this one fits in? Yeah, so this is the 11 o'clock number of the show. Peter has uh, just come back and he isn't able to fix everything like Wendy thought he might be able to. She was kind of hanging her hopes on him, but she sees he's just a kid. He's just as he was before. He hasn't aged at all. And I'm all grown up and have all these like adult problems now. And so him coming back and then leaving, you know, storming out angry is kind of what, you know, fully tells her that she needs to really count on herself because it's the only person she can count on. So it's a, it's an arc of independence. And um, this is her song that really takes all of the threads of the show, her husband dying, Peter, her siblings, and, and puts it into one distillation, you know, one moment of knowing who like figuring out who she wants to be going forward and knowing that she does have the courage to do it. I love too that we came up with this title and the imagery of it because of course we all know from the Peter Pan story with those uh, French doors opening up in the nursery and him flying in him flying out and them waiting there and so that's we very purposely titled it window open wide and use that imagery because it now it's opening up for her to have her own adventures and whatever that may be. From the musical The Lost Girl, this is Window Open Wide on Follow Spot. I'm the one that Peter chose. That's a badge to keep. Tuck away each memory. Smile at shadows on the wall of distant childhood longing. Take the best and leave the rest behind. Window open wide. Show me what's outside. 
You are listening to Follow Spot, and we are speaking with the creators of The Lost Girl, Ben and Ariana. I'd love to know a little bit uh, about the production history of the show and, and then where it's going from here. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, we've had so many wonderful directors and musical directors and uh, cast members and companies work with us. Uh, I'll just highlight a couple of them, but The Lost Girl has been flying all over the place. Um, we've had, we were so lucky to be chosen for a year long residency, which is really unusual, uh, which had a three week workshop with the Collaborative Development Program in New York City. It's had an equity staged reading in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, it's had another three-week workshop and equity staged reading at Buck Hill Skytop Music, Pennsylvania, uh, Music Festival in Pennsylvania. Uh, we had a week-long residency and staged reading at the Viterbo New Works Festival in Wisconsin just a couple of years ago. And most recently, uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, I just came back from the Winter Park Playhouse uh, near Orlando, Florida, where we had the three concert readings in the Florida Festival of New Musicals. And upcoming, we have a staged reading with JetFest, the Jewish Ensemble Theater of Michigan. And we're working on uh, the latest batch of rewrites right now. Like we literally met the other day to talk about a potential <laughs> new song. So we are continuing to work on the piece, yeah. Thank you so much, Ariana and Ben, uh, for joining us today and telling us a little bit about uh, your musical, The Lost Girl. Oh, we're yeah, it's so great talking to you. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's such a pleasure. We love this piece so much. We love working together on it. And it's just always such a wonderful opportunity to get to talk about it with others. Well, that's it for today's episode of Follow Spot. We want to thank our sponsors, Musical Theatre Radio and 35th Parallel Productions. And of course, NYU's Tisch Graduate Musical Theatre Writing Program. 
I'm Jean-Paul Yovanoff, and please continue to support new creators and their works because today's new musical might just be tomorrow's Broadway hit. <laughs>